This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. time you whitened your teeth. I had to go to the dentist because I drink about three cups of tea a day and my teeth can get really stained really quickly. And if that's you with the holidays coming up and all of these smiling pictures that you're going to be in, you want to get your teeth the whitest as possible. And now you can do it without going to the dentist. You can go to buypowerswabs.com and use my code Hunter. Listen, this year, the teeth can be whitened, and you've never whitened your teeth until you whiten them with power swabs. They're clinically proven to whiten an average of two shades in the first five minutes. I'm talking five minutes, and power swabs will never leave your teeth and gums sore or sensitive like the other whitening treatments, and they're totally safe and effective on all dental work. And if you're not happy, power swabs are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So go try power swabs, and you'll not believe how much whiter your teeth will be in just five minutes and I have a great deal for you when you go to buypowerswabs.com and you use my code Karen you get 40% off and an additional $10 off plus a free quick stick that's right 40% off plus $10 off plus a free quick stick at buypowerswabs.com code Karen or you can call them 800-668-1790-1749 use code Karen that's 800-668-1749 use code Karen or go to BUY by powerswabs.com today all right, we got a full house. Ajwa Asamoah, impact strategist. We got Dr. Greg Carr, who is the chair of the Afro-American, is it African-American? Studies. Studies department at Howard. Howard University. H-U, you know. That's a you hustle know. grad right there. That's oh, right. Howard oh, University oh, School oh, of Law. I see y'all packed a house here. That's right. I ain't mad at it. You I ain't know, mad at right. it. I ain't mad at it. Representative Gregory Meeks. <laughs> um, off mic, we were talking about the power of getting the message out. And I was saying that, you know, there. what I hear sitting here is that my vote doesn't matter. The people in Washington are all in the same boat together. They're all, you know, Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. They all about themselves in Washington. Why should I vote? Why should I show up? I don't see any difference in my community. Now, all politics is local. Y'all got to show up for your local elections. But what we demand in people in Congress right now, there's impeachment on the table and a host of other things. I think people don't even know what is going on. And as other people have figured out how to use these social media platforms to push their message, I will post something. Somebody will come on and, and deliver a talking point that don't have nothing to do with what I just posted. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what the hell? This doesn't have anything to do, but they understand wherever I post this, I'm on message. And I'm going to do it frequently. And they are very well organized. Why aren't we anybody? All right. Nobody. Okay. Nope, I, well, look, represent. Go ahead. I'm going to say we need to, I mean, off air we were talking about, I'm part of that 60 and older. I don't understand it the way I should. That's why I need to reach out and talk to my younger brothers who do. We have somebody in the studio. We just talked to him out saying that I need him. I'm going to reach out to him because he can help me get that message out. It is one of the biggest failures, I think, that we who are in the CBC and who are black electeds, I agree with that. We are not where we should be. Y'all need to have a hashtag, you got that right. a talking point that you put on everything. I don't care if people are talking about their breakfast. You go in there, hashtag black people, CBC, <laughs> this is what we're doing. Throw that up there. And keep it going. But that speaks to the need for intergenerational approach. Right. Bringing it back to the thing that I was talking about before, can you talk to us a little bit about what a political action committee is? I don't think that our community, I even as a self-identified movement baby, I didn't grow up 
in a, you know, the culture where political tithing was a thing, where you actually gave money to candidates or to PACs or to political causes. I was a movement baby, so I was folding, you know, flyers at, at the age of six and full-blown organizing by seven. But I didn't even know what a PAC was, and I'm the chair of the African American Leadership Council for the entire Democratic Party. But I did not come up in that. So I want to talk about how we use PACs as a, a, an actual tool to build black political power. Can you talk to us a little bit about what a PAC is, what the CB PAC CBC PAC does and how we can use that to get the things that we need to ensure that we have the resources to get our message out, et cetera, et cetera. The reality is in politics today, you can't get elected to office unless you have the ability to raise money and have people that's putting money behind your campaigns. Whether we like it or not, mm -hmm. that's the reality. Mm -hmm. And if we are not organized to raise the money so that we can put money behind candidates that we think would be the ones that would be progressive and would move forward with the, 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 with the, in the direction that we want for our folks, then somebody else will. And so the whole idea of creating the CBC PAC is so that we can go into the, into the communities and give first, of course, where we can increase our numbers of individuals who happen to be African-American so that we can go into their districts put money behind them, help them in their campaigning so that they can get elected and therefore increase that, that voice. But guess what? We can also have an impact on white elected officials mm -hmm. because they have to be held accountable also. Many of them have large numbers of African-Americans in their communities. And what we want to do is to be able to go into their community and say, look, we're going to put money in your campaign. And if we put money into your campaign, we're going to then hold you accountable on how you vote and what you do when you come to Washington, D.C. to make sure that it also helps to empower our folks that may be in your district. Because what we do want to do, we want to be able to have a situation where that is not just a few districts with, you know, where all the black folks are in one district, mm -hmm. that there are multiple districts where black folks are everywhere, mm -hmm. and thereby increasing our overall power that we have. So a PAC is uh, getting involved in the political game, putting money in the game so that you can then hold somebody accountable also, uh, and you can then elect individuals who have as their motivations, the similar motivations and goals that we have at the Congressional Black Caucus. Karen, you ask me what we, you know, currently, for example, what the Congressional Black Caucus is doing and what our current agenda for the 116th Congress, reforming the criminal justice system and eliminating barriers to reentry, combating voter what suppression. Pause? What does that look like? Because that sounds well, good. Everybody, well, even the president says what he's we doing did, well, the, criminal justice but, reform. But, and, 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 and that started, and the emphasis of that was through the Congressional Black Caucus, led by then-Chair Cedric Richmond, who was chair of the CBC at that time, and Hakeem Jeffries. And they put together a package to work together to make this bill that ultimately the president did sign. Uh, they were the ones that worked on it. When we first got together, when the president got elected, I hate to call him president, but that is, we, you know, he said, what do you got to lose? We came up, and it's online, with a 120-page piece of talking Justice. about what we had to lose with him being president of the United States. And when the Congressional Black Caucus, for example, he wanted the members to come down, uh, but he wanted them to come, to, he wants to come down to take pictures. We refused to do that. We came down and said, we'll talk to you about issues that are important to the African-American community. Uh, and those are the issues that we continue to fight for and keep in the forefront uh, as, as we move forward. So uh, it is clear. So uh, that's what, you know, so we didn't get all that we wanted, 
when you talk about criminal justice reform, we've got the first half of it. And that's the way the politics works. You negotiate things and you make uh, and, and you and you make compromises and then you take the next step once you get one. So we did with with criminal justice reform and reentry. Uh, we've got a part of what we wanted there. Uh, the choices that you make and sometimes it gets confused is do you accept something? And then keep continue to work to improve or do you set, say you're not going to move at all? until you get all that you want. These and that's people, what becomes difficult difficult in politics. Um, Representative Meeks, they don't seem to compromise at all. I looked at President Barack Obama, who had a Supreme Court pick wow. that he was legally supposed to replace Scalia. Got that, I mean, this was his duty and right as President of the United States to put a person on the Supreme Court he, I don't. What? How did that? How? How in the hell I, did that not happen? Because what well, we would have done it if it was in the House, but we didn't have it. The Senate had it, mm-hmm. and the Senate blocked it because they had the majority. Had we had this is why elections are important. This is why sometimes even if you've got a Democrat that does not have the exact persuasion as you want, they're more important than a Republican because in those scenarios you can get those things done. If we had the majority in the Senate. He would have gotten through. The Senate filibustered and blocked it. He and could have just put executive order and put somebody on it. He could not. Not in the Supreme Court. Recess no. appointment, right? Couldn't he have? He could have done it between, he uh, between the, uh, the sessions, right? If, he could if, have. If, if, he did a re- if he had done it, what would have happened? And first of all, he legally could have done it, right? But the guy would not have been there permanently. He was still uh, doesn't had, matter. He could have done he it. He would have still had to have had... And an election, sure, uh, you know, no after question. the election, and no, and he would have been replaced. I agree. agree and we you. had someone. The goal was, and the objective was, to try to get someone on there that would be there permanently. Yeah. And and the other issue is the other issue that Barack Obama had to deal with, etc. Because we still got to deal with other Democrats also. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can push that forward, and it'll be good for the moment. Then we lose all of the seats that we had, even on the House but side, it speaks to and a, you don't oh, get the majority what? there, and then we don't have well, any power well, whatsoever. It spoke well, well, to a weakness well, to me. Yeah, well, which... I agree with you. I, 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 Congressman, you know, and you know, like you said, I mean, and you know, we love you at, at school of law. You know, you frequently be over there, and, yes, sir. and so you you know better than I do the, the phrase parade of horribles. In other words, these are the things that could happen if we do this, if we do this, if we do this. I'm thinking about, and I agree with you, uh, 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 Karen. Barack Obama's politics, you talk about strategy, you talk about tactic. I think Obama is is famously weak. I won't call, I won't call him weak. He's a moderate. He wasn't the kind of guy that's going to go out there and punch somebody in the face. He wasn't going to nominate a black woman to, to the Supreme Court and galvanize every black woman in the country. And some, but, but given that, I guess I'm going to ask this question, because there's an article in today's New York Times, Nicole Hemmer wrote a, 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 on the iPad page called Polls Won't Change Minds. She said the Republicans, as you said, they don't care. They don't care about majority opinion. They don't care. They're going to run this to the wheels fall off. I guess my question is in terms of tactic and strategy. At what point do we take a risk? In other words, because because clearly McConnell was going to re- he's going to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg if, if Trump wins this election. <laughs> what? And so that happened. you know, I mean, but 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 in this case, in this particular case, you can't move anything with the Senate without the Senate. I think what you all did, the first bill that you all passed out of the House with to reform voting rights and everything, it's brilliant. And, of course, Mitch McConnell is sitting there and saying, until my hands fall off, you will not pass anything through the Senate. At what point do we say we're willing to take the type of political risk that could actually break this law? So let me, let me just say this. What we had was when Barack Obama first got elected. Yes. And the reason why we got health care, et cetera, was because we were in the majority. Agreed. Okay. Absolutely. And then we lost it. 
Yes. Okay. And so then the Two focus. Years. That's right. So then the focus was how do we regain that majority so uh, that we can get back so that we can do the things that we need to do that we was able to do when he, for the first two years. So that then became the game that we had to play and what we had to focus on. Mm -hmm. And so what you see now, even with the Tea Party that you mentioned, the last election, the Republicans and all those Tea Party candidates that they had, we beat them. Yep. No question. That's how we became back in the majority. So there was the a strategic in the he House. We lost seats in the Senate. Well, we, but we, we we had not gained. We were in the minority in the House and the Senate. And the Senate. I, I get it. I get it. So but the focus was there, the and we lost in the Senate because at that time, all senators are not up at the same time. Uh. It's rotate. So there was more Democrats that were up for grabs at that time than Republicans, which is just the opposite this time. And what becomes very important, uh, what folks need to look at, in this last election that took place, in Kentucky, where McConnell is, right, where it's stone red. But Bevin is a Bevin is a kind of an outlier, don't you say? He's stone crazy, and well, he still almost won it. He still hasn't conceded. Well, but well, but the Republicans about to concede that themselves. Okay, and so if you look at that and look at those numbers, here's a state that. Um, Trump had won by almost 30, 30%. Points. No question. Yeah. No question. So, But, but John Bell Edwards may not be able to hang on to Louisiana. They're, 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 well, we're going to see. But that's a battle. But so we, we got these kind of fights that we've got to take place Fair in enough. some of these southern states because we got to flip them. Sure. As well as, you know, we've got to make sure. You know, for me, the strategy is also winning these seats in the southwest. Southwest is the key to me. Is it going to be? And Karen, this is so, man, this is it, man. You're getting right down to the thing itself. Is winning these seats, increasing the majority in the House, and then flipping some Senate seats, is there going to be a battle within the Democratic Party over this question of moderates? Because I'm thinking about Pelosi's strategy, and I'm thinking about the fact that the seats that were picked up in, in the recent congressional election are seats that they're calling conservative Democrats. I'm th I can hear Tom Perez. I can hear Barack Obama saying, okay, now is not the time to embrace this because in other words but when is the time in other words as the, getting these increasing the majority getting those senate seats is there going to be a battle in the democratic party to tell people to don't go out there and set fire anything yet we got to get the senate back and we got to get these no. southwest seats. Here's, I'm, I'm asking here's, I'm, I'm, here's what the deal is yes is there going to be a battle in the democratic uh, yes <laughs> what do you say absolutely no question there's no question it's, we're not monolith they're going to be a fight going back and forth moderates against that's going to happen what do you think is going to happen but what the difference is by having the moderates there, yes, yes. we control the chairs. That's right. And the, So that's what you're really talking about here. <laughs> you control who the chairs are. Yes, sir. And that's where the power is. Yes, sir. And so you let the moderates, I don't care what the you let the moderates or the conservatives say what they need to say to get reelected. That's okay. Mm. I well, want hold on. Chair. Let the operative no, chime no, in what, here. This no, no, saying. it's good. Yeah. Because they cannot win their districts. Wait. The choice, when I say, when I say it's okay, <laughs> when I say it's okay, yes. the choice is to have a moderate or conservative Democrat or a right-wing Republican. Oh, no question. There's no choice okay. between those. Absolutely. And by, by them helping us to be in the majority, it then determines who the Speaker of the Congress is. Mm hmm as well as who the chairs of every major committee is. So how do you so that flip you can the make Senate? A we, we can get the, how, how do you flip the Senate? Then? So that's what I said. So the Senate has to be flipped for me. Not, you know, well, Georgia is starting to look. We look at the elections before with Georgia and Florida. That looks like those may be opportunities that we could pick up. Sure. Tennessee Texas could be in play. Texas is in play. North Carolina Tennessee. can be in play. So no those are the... Those are 
the areas of which you need to focus on. So you need someone that's going to have a message, though, mm. that can win yeah, gonna, those states. Getting back to Dr. That's Carr's it. point, that's it. this is not going to happen with milk toast. AOC handed that brother, not brother, his ass, and they, the Democratic Party wasn't ready for her. No. They didn't Listen see that me. coming. Listen to me. They didn't see that coming. Listen to me, though. And I'm saying, <laughs> go, go ahead. This. Go ahead. This is your that, state. That was an election of Democrat against Democrat. A Democrat's going to win that seat. Absolutely. A Republican but is not going to win that seat. But she wasn't a moderate. She wasn't a moderate. And nobody nobody seat. thought that that was going to happen. And, and, so what, and what me, I'm saying is. let me is, give you another hint on that. Well. Let me give you one more hint on that. I think he's let, me right. give, let me give you one more hint on that. Let me give you one more hint on that. Go ahead. No black folk voted for what so they it's voted a, for it's him? A, it's a different movement. And it was a different it's a different area. Ooh, wait a minute though. Wait a minute though. Is she alive with Atlanta Omar and the Russia? And uh, no, no, these no. are uh, what also, I'm saying is, what I'm and saying Puerto Ricans is, is black too. This is the problem we have. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh my what I'm gosh. saying is what you gotta look at that district. And what we've got to figure out and work with. Yes, sir. In Queens. She's Bronx and Queens. Yeah. And she's on my committee. I try to. We try to work. We oh, try no, to look no at question. certain things no that we work together. No question. No question. But the individuals that made a difference in that seat was white millennials. Okay, but so she was able to reach Got people. It. No, and I get. I get what you're okay. saying. Hold on. And if you look at those white millennials yeah. that gentrified the area. Okay, and you look at where they live. They're the ones that's buying those $2 million condos because they already got their money. So you're saying that's her, is that her constituency? Because I look at her on something like Deces and Miro yes. with the Dominicans. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, yes. why can't we build the kind of coalition? Come on, I mean, Dr. Adam Clayton Powell's son is from the Caribbean. Brother, I mean, yeah. brother, yeah. brother, you are absolutely right. I'm just asking, what's no, the no, solution? No. You're absolutely right, which is why I, as chair of the Queens Democratic Organization. Come on, brother. You know, yes. that's, and this is what we had fought for inside. Yes. And now I am working very closely with the Latinos in that community yes. so that we can build. And we've got to also understand, though, in the Latino community, they are not monolithic They're either. Not. No. So we've got to figure that out. I'm right. working to get that get so I can Ricans make sure the, the Puerto Ricans, the, the Dominicans, the Colombians, the Ecuadorians, yes, the Central Americans. Yes. We've got to be very strategic. I think a strategic. black man has a stronger position because Dominicans and Puerto Ricans don't really mess with each other like that, right? No. But if it's a black man, you can hit all of them but, folk. And this yeah. is what we're doing. And yeah. we're trying to That's talk right. together. And then we can draw together the, the, the Latinos in the Bronx together with those in Queens, yes. together with the black folks and the Latinos in the Brooklyn, and we can should be having that dialogue and conversation and we can work together. I can talk about the politics in the city of New York of how we can make sure that we really have a voice and strength if we are focused on that and not just be focused on our little individual boroughs, et cetera. Sure. And we are working. I can assure you oh, I that have we no are doubt. working I have, on I have right no, now. Not only do I have no doubt that you're going to succeed in New York, I guess looking at the broader picture, because I said, yeah, you got to take back the Senate. What does that look like in Texas? What does that look like in Georgia when there shouldn't be a conservative of any stripe elected in Georgia demographically right now? How do you grow that base? Like you said, all these people listening to this show, listening to you, Karen, saying, how, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Right. How, how do you trans? Because New York, you're going to figure New York out. Because John R. Clark, you say this is a multi-ethnic nation. It's not. But how are you going to win back those other places? In Georgia, I tell you to study the Lucy McBath race mm, right yeah and how she won 
And we nationalized Study that race. race. Yes, sir. And that's what we're trying to do with the CBC PAC. We're studying that race, uh-huh. and we want to duplicate how, what we did Adwa, there. how did y'all nationalize We nationalized that race because so many folks, one, contributed to her campaign. Two, we sent down teams of black women who sat down there and phone banked for her, knocked doors for her, folks who weren't in that district. Three, even at the DNC, we phone banked for her, and I actually put it together. So to your point, one, speaking as the operative in the room, we want to have these substantive conversations about policy. Losers don't legislate, so we have to focus on winning. I'm quoting my good friend Antoine C. right there. Mm. If we can't win, none of this makes any sense. So we can't have these meaningful conversations about policy if we are not focusing on winning. So I have to focus on winning elections. We just got a new sister now who's the political director over uh, at the committee that runs the Senate Um my girlfriend, Jessica Knight-Henry, who was at the DNC, she's now the political director over here. As a black woman, she gets it. She understands what it takes to win. She used to be the ED of the CBC PAC. Now she's over there, and she's in charge of figuring out who can we recruit, who can, and I know the conversation about electability, you know, goes different ways, but who do we have that we can run in Georgia, in these, mm. these you know, battleground states? Who can we run and win? Then we can have a family fight. We can have a family conversation. That's, right. That's fine. <laughs> Once we win, but we can't keep having these conversations about why aren't y'all doing this, why aren't y'all doing that, when we don't have the numbers. So we can pass legislation right. all day long. The House has been doing a great job. Yes. If you look at the materials, they are passing bills left and right. Yes. The CBC has been passing, pushing things left and right. HBCU funding, not j- I mean, like literally there are bills upon bills upon bills that go to the graveyard over in the Senate and won't even get brought forth for a vote. Why? So we have to focus because we don't have the numbers. Yeah, no, we have to get them. Did Adam Clay Powell have the numbers? Yes. In the Senate? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Did he have the numbers? Yes. Did we he ha- as charge. a black man in America? Did he have well, the no. numbers? He had, Lyndon, he had Lyndon Johnson on one. That's, that, no, but this but is my he was point. The chair of his committee. He, he, was, he was able the chair to of his committee. use other people to Good make point. things happen. Even because he even took a back seat. Remember, Johnson got all the Republicans to come sign the civil rights. <laughs> yes. Right. Adam Clay Powell was instrumental in that. He wasn't there at the table for that photo op because he understood how to utilize the people. I feel like we just aren't strategizing no, properly. But I mm. want you to recall mm. that when Adam Clayton Powell was there, he was chair of the committee. He wasn't, we weren't in a minority. We had a Democratic president. That's why the big fight, you wanted to make sure that at that time that Nixon did not win. You wanted the Democrat, that was the whole issue because had Nixon been the president, it would have never had passed or things of that nature. We had a Democratic Senate. So, and uh, Johnson was known as the master of the Senate because he came from the Senate and he knew how to swing those deals there. And also, there was different kind of ways you could do deals. Okay. Right. Because so, some of the deals that you would do, that they were done then, you would go to jail today. <laughs> no question. If those deals were done today. Quickly. And I keep referencing, if, if I can, just for one quick second. That's true. We just had Congressman Cedric Richmond as the chair of the CBC. Even with a Donald Trump, you all were still able to get things done. You were still able to get funding. You were for education on the HBCU side and on the K-12 side. So my point is still... We have to win. We have to win. We have to make sure that we have okay. our folks in the House right. and in let's, the Senate. Let's talk about winning. We got 20-some-odd Negroes. No, I'm just playing. That's the, <laughs> 16 night James Jackson. Taylor 20, joke. 20, you got it. You got I'm it. Sorry. Thank you. Port Comfort. Uh, thank That's you. Yes. Uh, 20 people plus running for president. Based on those, those characteristics that you just laid out, with Johnson being able to do this and this one, be, who 
I don't know who you're endorsing or who you. I haven't right. endorsed okay. anyone. No. Who? What characteristics should we be looking? Because I'm. I like. Let's take the emotion out of it. I don't really care. I already said this. Whoever's the nominee, I'm gonna vote for them. I said Riding that last hard. time. I don't yep. really give a damn who it is at this yep. point. What are the characteristics that we need to get to the point where we can get some things done? That's a good question. Well, I'm judging just what Aja was said, and I'm trying to figure who can win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the bottom line. Because if we nominate somebody you, and they can't win. How do you know who can win? No one thought well, Obama gotta, was going to win. I've Let's gotta, be honest until no, Iowa. But, no one thought he could right. win. Well, so I'm going to look at Iowa, and I'm going to be able to look at those things to determine who do I think can win. That's why I have not made a decision. And once you figure that out, then I'm going to be hold so behind them to try to make that happen. So it was too early then. So we've got to look at it and listen and pay attention uh, and and because the whole idea is winning. Winning is everything. Okay. Winning is everything. All right. On that note, uh, will you come back? Absolutely. I love this. Oh, do you? Okay. And we Before need this we, kind hey, of brother, we pr- I appreciate this. No, I love it. Thank Before you. we leave, I want to give this to you. Um, I understand the role of PACs. We all want folks who you know, want the money out of politics, uh, but we have to get them elected first. So I am going to do my part. We always talk about giveaway uh, takeaways and how we are actually encouraging our people to actually move the needle for black people. So I'm going to give my donation to the Congressional Black Caucus PAC because I understand the good work that you all are doing and that the CBC PAC played a role in ensuring that we have the most diverse uh, Congress that we've ever had. So I'm going to give this check to you, and I'm going to hope that other people will actually uh, join me. Thank you, Ajua. This is, you know, putting you. I'm a broke doctoral <laughs> student, so we. I'm not a high roller. And you don't have to be wealthy in order to contribute to a pack. That's the whole point. What does they say? Collective power. $27 from 50,000 people? What was that amount? A lot of our contributors right now, they give $5 every month. All right, where does the money go? The money goes to the CBC PAC. Okay. And, and the CBC PAC then goes out, as I said earlier, to support candidates to get them elected so that we can stay in the majority and win these seats and to make sure that the issues that are out front for us, the issue that we started to talk about, whether it's criminal justice reform, whether it's health care, et cetera, that we start pushing and get those legislation and, and, and move them past. But let me close on this because you talked about it earlier. What I do believe is the most, why this is the most critical election of our lifetime right now is what you touched on. You know, you talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If we lose and they start appointing these Supreme Court justices, what Brother Henry Louis Gates was talking about, you know, it wasn't the the, the Hayes-Tilden piece that ended Reconstruction. It was the Supreme Court of the United States that reversed back. And that's exactly what's at stake right now. That's right. Uh, and so I want to just get that out there. So this election is bigger than any individual. It's about the Supreme Court and the rules of this land because uh, we could have what took place in the 1860s yes. could take place again in the 2020s. Well, thank you, Audra. That was great. Um, really dope to, to give the money to the CBC, CBC PAC. And where can other people donate? Well, they can donate to the Congressional Black Caucus PAC. Uh, they can go online. We're online. You can find us. We are now trying to get on. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can you can find us, you know, anywhere. We're on social media. Uh, we tr- we're going to improve because I'm going to get somebody going to help oh, us. you need a talking point. That's, that's right. Yeah. Get you some bots. We're going to get some bots. We, we're working Whatever, whatever on we need, we're, we're going to get that done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that right All now. Right, we got an open seat here, Representative Meeks. Thank you for oh, being here thank today. You thank you for bringing them through.